Jesus did amazing miracles. And as the reading we just had showed and proved, these miracles prove without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. And by studying them and reading about them, we can have faith that we need in order to be pleasing to God. Now, it's interesting that these miracles differed significantly from the miracles that are being done today, the so-called miracles that are being passed off as miracles. The fake miracles done today are nowhere akin to the wonderful miracles that Jesus did while he was here on the earth. And sadly, the things that are being passed off today as miracles can lessen the impact and the importance of the real miracles that Jesus did. As people, I'm afraid, are tempted to equate the two, the fake miracles that are done today and the shams and the deceptions. People, I'm afraid, are tempted to equate the two, equate the miracles that Jesus did with those fake tricks. Let's look at some of the miracles that Jesus did. Jesus healed the sick while he was here on earth. He healed the sick, and he did it in an amazing way. In Luke chapter 4, beginning of verse 38, in Luke chapter 4, verse 38, Now he arose, this is Jesus, from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, Simon Peter's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. Simon's, Peter's mother-in-law, was sick with a fever. And fevers are scary. Back then, in the absence of, absence of modern medicine, they were especially scary, but they're still scary today. Being sick in general is scary, and yet Jesus is able to heal the sick. He's able to heal this woman. The nobleman's son is another instance of this in, in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 43. Look in John chapter 4, beginning of verse 43. Now after the two days he departed from there and went to Galilee, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water, the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, when he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea of Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will no, by no means believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. They said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. This again is the second sign that Jesus did when he had come down out of Judea of Galilee. Again, we have a, an illness that is portrayed here, that Jesus heals. An illness that is associated with a fever. You know, fevers were a big problem in ancient times. They still are a problem today, but in ancient times you didn't have as many ways to take care of those fevers. 
My grandmother had this picture on her wall in her house for years. I don't know if you've seen this picture before or not, but this picture is entitled The Doctors. It was painted by a guy named Luke Fidels. He had lost a son, a one-year-old son, to typhoid fever 14 years before he painted this picture. And I think you can sense the helplessness that a parent would have felt in those times by this picture. I don't know, you can see it in the light there. But this is the doctor by the child who's sick. And in the background, in the darkness, you can see there's a father there who's just standing by helpless, nothing he can do. And a mother who has her head down, just can't bear it to see the child sick. And the doctor is sitting there, and there's not much the doctor can do other than just watch the young child who's sick. That was the plight of so many young people not many years ago. There's a four-year-old girl that's buried next door to our house who I envision was in a scene sort of like this where parents just watched her die because there was nothing that could be done. This nobleman has a child like that who is at the verge of death and nothing can be done. And yet Jesus heals that child. He healed that child. And notice he didn't even have to be in the proximity of the child. He could heal the child from a distance. Amazing. And Jesus cured people of incurable, terrible diseases. In Luke chapter 17, in Luke chapter 17, verse 11, in Luke chapter 17, verse 11, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and, and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And every one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Leprosy was a terrible disease. A disease that could cause deformities in your body. It could cause nerve damage. It could even cause blindness. And it could last for years. What a terrible disease. And imagine the relief that these ten lepers felt when Jesus relieved them of that terrible disease. Jesus did incredible miracles healing people, and there was no limit to the number of people that he could heal. In Luke chapter 4, verse 40, notice this. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. There was no limit. Jesus could heal large numbers of people. In Mark chapter 6, verse 53, we see more of this. In Mark 6, verse 43, And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry out on beds those who were sick to, whoever, uh, to wherever they heard he was. 
Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or in the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that he should just touch the hem, that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. You get the idea of the sense of helplessness that people felt as they confronted these diseases and these illnesses that they could do nothing about. They brought the people out in their beds. They had to get the people to Jesus. This again tells us about the authenticity of the miracles that Jesus was performing. These weren't fake. People heard about them, and they did everything they could to get the sick people to Jesus. Jesus healed the sick. But I'll tell you, that's not the only miracle that he did, and the only type of miracle that he did. He also released those that were in bondage. Those who were demon-possessed were in bondage to those demons, and those demons would do terrible things to those people. In, uh, in Luke chapter 8, in Luke chapter 8, beginning of verse 26, Luke 8, verse 26, beginning, Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had often commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For, uh, uh, for he commanded the spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he might, would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so he begged him that he might, would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man whom, had, whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also, who had seen it, told them by what means he had been, he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man with whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been demon-possessed this man? He didn't wear any clothes. He didn't live in a house. He was, a wild, he was wild when the demons were possessing him. They had tried to shackle him and tie him down with chains and he would break out of those bonds. This isn't how he normally acted. This wasn't the way that he normally was. He was normal before. And he was acting this way because the demon had control of him. The demon had taken him captive. And now he is set free. It said he was back to his right mind. He was back the way that he had been. He had been taken captive by that demon. And Jesus had set him free. And you sense the amazement that he had and the joy that he had by being set free. He had to go tell other people about it because it was so wonderful. 
But this isn't the only type of captivity that Jesus set people free from. There were others who were in bondage due to physical conditions, and Jesus set them free of that. In Matthew chapter 8, beginning of verse 5, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, notice this. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Have you ever known someone who was paralyzed? They're captive in their body, aren't they? They can't, they're stuck. They can't do what they want to do. And this paralysis was dreadfully tormenting to the one who had it. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, not, I am not worthy that thou should come into my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under, great, under authority, having soldiers uh, under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you, many who will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Paralysis is a terrible thing still today, even with our modern medicine. And yet Jesus healed the paralysis to release that man from the bondage that he was under. Jesus released those who were in bondage. And he also restored sight. We take our eyesight for granted, don't we? Imagine what it would be like if your world was dark, if you couldn't see. Wouldn't that be terrible? Many face this reality every day with no hope of it ever changing. They're blind and they know they'll be blind until the day that they die. There's nothing that can be done about it. Blindness was a big problem in the first century. It could have been caused by infections that we can now treat with antibiotics. Many times those infections happened at birth. When our children were born and when your children were born, you may have noticed this as well. The nurse, almost as soon as they were born, took a salve and wiped it in their eyes. And when I saw that, I asked the nurse, I said, what's that all about? And she says, she said, in times past, lots of kids got eye infections and were blinded from getting infections during the birth process. And a simple salve in the eye can heal that now and keep that from happening. But back then, it didn't, they didn't have that. And, and so a child would get an infection as an infant and be blind from birth. Jesus encountered this in chapter 9 of John. In chapter 9 of John, verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. 
Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was, a bl was blind said, Is this not the one? Or this is not he who sat and begged? Some said, This is the one. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So, he went and I so I went and I washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. Whether this man's blindness was caused because of infection at birth or because of some other kind of malformation, we don't know. But he had been blind all of his life. Everyone around him knew that he was blind. And everyone around him knew that you don't start out being blind and now can see. Jesus healed the blind man. As complicated as our eyes are and our vision is, Jesus was able to heal those who were blind. And as I mentioned, these miracles are so different than anything that goes on in the world today. Those who were healed were healed completely. Remember back in John chapter 4, or sorry, Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Simon Peter's mother-in-law, she was sick. She was terribly sick with a high fever. And Jesus rebuked the fever and it left her. And after about a week or so, she got feeling better. No, she got up and started serving them immediately. Jesus' healing was complete, and it was instantaneous. Amazing. That you could go from being that sick, being ready to serve. It was like that. It was done. It was instantaneous and complete. In Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, beginning of verse 29. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him, and behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him immediately. When Jesus healed you, there was no convalescent home to go to. There were no orders given for physical therapy. When Jesus healed you, it was instantaneous and it was complete. Jesus' healing was instant and complete. And when those who were healed, they offered praise to God. And you can understand why. Because they had received such a wonderful blessing that they offered praise to God. In Mark chapter 7, beginning of verse 31. Mark 7, beginning of verse 31. And again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers in his ears, and he spat uh, and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Epaphrata, which is be opened. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spake plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying he does, has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Notice again the completeness and the instantaneousness of Jesus' miracles. You know, those who can't hear 
often have speech problems because they can't hear the words that they're saying. And that's why a deaf person talks the way that they do, because it doesn't sound right to them. This man, his ears were opened where he could hear, and immediately he was able to speak plainly without any kind of speech therapy, without having to learn how to talk. He could speak plainly because of Jesus' amazing miracle. The problems went away. And so that those who saw it had to give praise to God and say He does all things well. Praise God because of the wonderful things that He had done. I'll tell you something else. Those who were healed obviously were thankful. Remember the story of the ten lepers? And the one who came to thank Jesus, Jesus said that all of them should have thanked Him. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. A natural reaction. Can you imagine being healed and not being thankful as those other nine were? But people who were healed obviously were thankful. And finally, those who were healed shared the news with others. In Mark chapter 1, Verse 40, now a leopard came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. This man should have done what Jesus said, but I can sympathize with this man wanting to tell it. It wasn't the right thing to do. Jesus said not to do it. But can you imagine how you would want to share what Jesus had done for you with others? I mean, we have a good doctor today. We like to share that news with other people. I went to this guy. My arm was killing me. And boy, it's, now it's, it's perfectly fine. You got you to go to this guy. I had this other problem. You know, I couldn't eat, whatever. And he fixed me up. This guy knows what he's doing. Jesus had healed the leper. And they, had to, they wanted to tell it with others. Jesus healed the sick. He released those who were in bondage. He restored sight to the blind. And those who were healed were healed completely, offered praise to God and thanks, and shared the news with others. And I say all this as a way of introduction to our lesson today. This morning, what I really want to ask you is, has Jesus healed you yet? In Luke chapter 4, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus reads from the book of Isaiah. And notice what Jesus reads in Luke chapter 4, verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. 
And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus came to heal. Yes, he healed people physically, but this wasn't his primary purpose in coming. Jesus came to heal the sick. He came to heal the spiritually sick. You know that sin makes us sick spiritually? And we need to be healed from the sickness of sin in our lives? Jesus said He came to heal. Look at Luke, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Speaking of Jesus, who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We were all sick with sin before Jesus came. Imagine you had a terrible physical disease, and there knew, you knew there was someone that you could go to to be healed. Would you go to that person? Absolutely. Jesus came to heal the sick. It also says there in the passage that he reads from Isaiah that he came to set at liberty those who were in bondage. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You know, when we're in sin, not only are we sick, we have become the devil's slaves to do his bidding. In Romans chapter 6, beginning of verse 16. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, notice what it says about our condition in sin. We're sick and we're slaves to a master who wants to destroy us. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness, but God be thanked that though you were the slaves of sin, yet you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We were slaves to the devil. We had been taken captive, and that's what Paul says about it in 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning of verse 24, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. The devil tries to ensnare us, so that we will be His slaves, so He can take us captive to do His will. When we're in sin, we're sick, and we're captives of the devil. At some point in our lives, we've all been slaves and captive of the devil, and He wants our ultimate destruction. And there's absolutely nothing we can do to free ourselves from this captivity. When the devil has you, he has you. Jesus is the answer back in Romans chapter 6, verse 22. In Romans chapter 6, verse 22, But now, having been set free from sin and having become the slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting lives. We've heard stories, haven't we, of people who were held captive and the great lengths that they did to, to get out of that captivity We've been set free, or we can be set free from sin if we'll come 
to Jesus. And then finally, Jesus said that he came to restore sight to the blind. You know, when we're in sin, not only are we sick, not only are we in captivity, we're also blind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning of verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. It's possible for us to be blinded by the sin that's in our lives. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 4, we read, 14, sorry, Matthew 15, verse 14, we read about the terrible consequences of being blind spiritually. Talking to the Pharisees, they let them alone. They are blind, leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Jesus came so that we didn't have to be blind anymore. He came so that we, he could be the light into the world, John 6, 12, verse 46. I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. We don't have to be in darkness anymore. We don't have to be blind anymore. Because Jesus came to restore sight to the blind. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were in darkness. We were blind. Jesus came to give us sight so that we could see. Jesus came to heal the sick, restore those, release those in bondage, and restore sight. And it's just as he healed those people Physically, those who are healed spiritually are healed completely. We're healed completely when Jesus heals us from our sins. It's a complete healing. He takes our sins away, John 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. It's complete. Jesus heals us completely. And just as those who are healed physically offered praise to God, so must we when we're healed of our sins. In 1 Peter chapter 3, 1, verse 3, 1 Peter 1, beginning of verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Praise to God for the incredible gift of His Son. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 47, The Lord lives, blessed be the, my rock. Let, the God, my, let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. Those who are saved and healed offer thanks as well. Remember the story of the ten lepers, the one that returned, that was the one that was pleasing to God. And we must be thankful as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And finally, those who were healed physically wanted to share the news with others. And why wouldn't we want to share the news with others of the salvation that Jesus has offered? In Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. 
question this morning is, has Jesus healed you? He came. He came to heal those who are sick with sin. Those who are held captive by Satan. Those who uh, are blind spiritually. He came to heal those. Has He healed you yet? And if He hasn't, why not? Why go another day without that healing? And maybe He's healed you and you've gone back into sin. Maybe you didn't realize the blessing of being out of that captivity and you've gone back into that captivity. Will you make that right? And can we help you? If there's anything we could do, will you let us know while we stand and sing?